Hello, hello, hello. It is uh, Tuesday, September 17th, and we are here live on DriveThruHR, getting ready to talk HR technology, and especially HR tech conferences. I'm I'm your host, Robin Schooling, and uh, with me is my guest. Jean, are you there? I am here, Robin. How are you today? I am good. I am good. And you're, um, we're, we're giving you a little bit of a break here about uh, two weeks out from kind of a big deal. <laughs> Getting ready to Ex- go. Yeah, exactly. I'm just really <laughs> excited to join you today. These are exciting times these last few weeks before HR Tech. They are, they are. So, but let's uh, let's kick off, shall we, with um, with a little bit of a tell us about yourself. Let let our listeners know, uh, you know, a little bit about you, what you do, how you got to where you are, what you're focused oh, on. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm kind of um, uh, I probably am best categorized as as we won't say a gray beard, but one of the gray hairs in the category. My HR technology career actually goes back to the 80s when I was a director of marketing for a company called Insi. And Insi mm-hmm. was the granddaddy of the HRMS. And uh, I left there and went to Ceridian and uh, ran product management for their HR product. And, uh, and took a, a little detour out into the, um, to the tech world for a while in, in terms of working at Nortel. And then threw up my hands and said, you know what, I'm going to start a PR agency. And uh, <laughs> that, was, that was a little crazy considering that wasn't my background, but I did have, of course, a strong technology uh, platform. Uh, from which to work, and it was around the time that, dare I say, that uh, the internet was becoming commercialized. So it was uh-huh. it was really good timing. And of course, since then, I've been at the helm of the Devon Group, and we are a tech agency that specializes in HR technology. Mhm, mhm. And and uh, you know, as we as we had in our our blurb on the. Um, on the episode site, um, you kind of look back at, at at your career, and you know, name a name a big name, as we like to say, right? But a but a but an HR tech vendor, you have you've worked with them from 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 the old guard to the startups, and you know, the startup part, which we'll get to in a little bit. I you know, I just think that's so so exciting. Um, when we when we get the chance to dive into and look what what startups are doing, but um, HR tech let's let's talk HR tech because we're we're uh, you know as we teased a little bit we're in the countdown here, two weeks um, really less than two weeks if you think about it because some things are kicking off on that Monday. Um, what uh, what does the show look like this year? What are some exciting elements coming together? Well, you know, you've you've touched on something that we are kicking off on Monday. We have a partnership summit, and this will be the first year that we do the partnership summit. So that's a little different on the Monday. And then, of course, on Tuesday, October 1st, uh, shameless plug, we have the Women in HR Tech Summit, and that is the portion of the program that I get to program. Uh, I can't begin to tell you how excited I am about this year's program. We have an opening keynote, 
uh, being presented by three executives from Workday, our closing keynote of the summit, four women from Walmart. Uh, we just have amazing, amazing mm. speakers joining us for the Women in HR Tech Summit. And then, of course, mm-hmm. that afternoon, we kick off the main program. And as you know, uh, we will be welcoming thousands and thousands of people yep. to HR Tech. So uh, once those rooms fill up and, and things get going, it is just full tilt boogie for the balance of the week. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And speaking of women in HR tech, um, Crystal has uh, joined us, our co-host, Crystal. Hi, Crystal. Hello, Crystal. <laughs> hello, hello. So great to talk with you today. Hey, Robin. Hey, hey, hey. So um, women, women, and, oh, women in HR, oh, women in HR tech. So this is what, Jean, the, uh, the third, third or fourth year, huh, I think? Fourth of, year. Of the yes, you are correct. Fourth year. Fourth wow. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I I love that. I love that. I love that day because if I'm if I'm recalling correctly, and sometimes these things all sort of blend together over the years, but it seems to me the first year that it was maybe about two hours or so. <laughs> women exactly. In yeah. Exactly. And it, uh, yeah. And we moved to the full day. Yeah, and you know when we did it the first year. Um, I think we had booked a room that that would seat 500 people and mm. we filled the room and then we had to open a second room and pipe in our speakers, mm. you know, from a monitor uh, because we were in an overflow situation. Now, here we are in year four. I don't know if you were able to join us last year. Talk about an overflow situation. I mean, we had people. Yeah this massive ballroom and we had people standing room every place you could stand sitting on the floor sitting in chairs sitting on the sidelines of the stage so the enthusiasm for this particular topic the the gender equality topic is is just off the charts why do you think that is jean well, you know, I've now had the opportunity to program this particular summit here in the US as well as in Singapore. And um, initially, I think I think we were all frustrated. So in year one, there was a lot of frustration. You know, why is this still the case? Um, you know, we were we were starting to grapple with some of the news flow from the Me Too situation and such. Last year and this year, what I've noticed is people now know it's a problem. They want to fix it. I mean, they earnestly want to fix it. And they really don't know how to go about that. And what's interesting about our audience for women in HR tech is we have men and women in the audience. So this is not like a chick thing. This is, you know, our colleagues sitting next to us. And I've pulled a couple of the guys and said, hey, you know, tell me why you're here. And, And I did this in Singapore as well. And they were like, you know. The only way I can really understand what my my colleagues are going through in the workplace is to come to something like this where I can learn. It is a safe place. You know, I don't have to ask questions. The program is such that I'm learning about this. I'm learning how to become more aware, how to become more sensitive to this, and also learning, you know, what I can do to make changes. So I think part of it is just good old-fashioned education. These are the things that you don't necessarily get taught in the MBA programs. Yeah. 
So yep. if I'm if I'm in a company and I'm looking at coming to HR tech or women in HR tech, what's going to get me in that room? What what should I expect to learn? Why should I spend dollars on this? Yeah, you know it's a it's a great question um, because this is an investment. It's an investment of company money, but it's also an investment of time. I mean, I think we all acknowledge that it's difficult to break away and spend a couple of days out of the office and still keep up with, you know, the demands of business. We're all living in a very accelerated business environment. But what HR tech gives you is community, and that's not something you can necessarily create socially. Um, you can certainly start it socially. Uh, you can augment it with your social presence, but there is nothing like sitting across the table from people who it might even be working for your competitors, but they share your challenges. They share the same business problems, and they're they're looking for business solutions. So HR Tech gives you that in a very concentrated format, and we also make sure that we're infusing all of the session content with actionable information. So it's not just like you know you're learning theory or learning about things you knew already. You're getting a roadmap that you can go back to your organization and start to make some changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do have to say, you know, and I think you're right because one of the um, one of the aspects of of so many of the of the breakout sessions, especially at HR Tech, is um, you know, it's it's. Sally, my my go-to name, right? Sally HR, who's maybe implemented, you know, ABC product at her organization, and and she's in there telling the story of what she did, what problem they were trying to solve, why they chose that particular solution, and how they, you know, whatever the issue is, how we work through implementation mm-hmm. or what our end results were, or whatever. It is very. There's just a lot of good content for the the HR practitioners out there, um, and uh, you know, and I'm constantly for years I'm always telling you know my HR peers, um, you know, go and go go and start sitting in on those sorts of sessions now. Don't wait until you know six months before you think you you want to start you know exactly. looking for a new solution. You know, go and start observing. Um, and absorbing and being part of those conversations two years out from when you think you might be looking for a new HCM or whatever. Um, uh, Because our tendency is in, and I say in HR, but this is probably in any profession, our tendency is to sit and wait until, oh, my gosh, now we just put it on the, you know, on the budget or the plan for next year, and now we're going to scramble around to try to find all this, stuff out instead of thinking a little more long term. And and, and HR the HR Tech Conference lets you encourages you really to think long term about those sorts of things. I think that's a really good observation. You know, I think where I've seen challenges on the practitioner level is let's say there is a leadership change and as part of that leadership change, you know, there's there's maybe a you know new focus on innovation, or we're going to change the candidate experience, and we're going to revamp our recruiting processes, or or you know swap out our ATS, whatever. 
And when you have to make those decisions in a truncated time frame, you don't necessarily make the best decision. And I also think HR practitioners owe it to themselves to um, to kind of have self-guided learning and and making sure that that they are in the know about the new technologies, you know, before someone from IT comes into their office having made a decision for them. Right. So. You know, if if you're if you're going to be tasked with being responsible for the workplace uh, for the workforce, then then you have to be the one who's the expert in workforce technologies, not someone else mm-hmm. in your organization pretending to be. Um, so I think mm-hmm. that's really important. You know, I agree with that. I think it is important. Um, I think we're coming up on just about halfway to the show. So I want to take a little bit of a time to do a reset if you are just tuning in. We are listening to Drive Through HR with my co-host Robin Schooling. I'm Crystal Miller, and we are talking with the incomparable woman <laughs> behind the scenes of HR Tech. So is that, is that a fair thing to say, do you think? You've been working with LRP for, gosh, how many years now? <laughs> well, I, I, I did feel a, a mild sense of panic when you said that in terms of <laughs> <laughs> the pressure, the pressure of being incomparable. Um, I, I, I actually have a unique history here because I worked on the HR technology conference before it became an LRP property. Mm-hmm. That's how far back mm-hmm. I go. So this was actually a show that wasn't, you know, in its current format, of course, but was kind of a, a you know, started in the late 90s and then was acquired by LRP. And LRP, of course, has grown the show to the gem it is today. But in the early years of the show, we were thrilled if we had 350 attendees. And now, of course, we have like 500 exhibitors. <laughs> so um, LRP has, has just done an amazing job of growing the show and reaching the HR practitioners. And, of course, they do um, have – you know, in all fairness to them, they have the magazine, Human Resource Executive Magazine, which has an amazing circulation. So um, it is kind of a float all boats scenario where they are able mm-hmm. to uh, get to the right people with the right messages. And, of course, um, they do a great job of engaging them. So, so when you look at the women of HR tech, which is, you know, relative um, to the, the programming, is that a subset of HR Tech, or is that going to grow into its own conference? Is that a new um, branch out for LRP, or is that separate from it? You know, um, I would love for it to grow into its own conference. Uh, I, I think, though, that its place is at the HR Tech conference, and, of course, we're doing it HR Tech in uh, Las Vegas, and we also do it at HR Tech in Singapore, uh, which Mm -hmm. is is, um, the HR Festival in Singapore. Um, But what we are doing, so if uh, drum roll, please, uh, we are starting a new conference called Select HR Tech. It is Mm -hmm. going to be a smaller event next year. It's going to be June 9th through the 11th at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. And that's going to be more of a roll up your sleeves, bring us your toughest problems. Uh, We're going to have facilitated workshops, 
master classes that are taught by some of the leading brains in the category. Um, a very different type of program, and as you might suspect, we can't possibly, you know, be as as um, as large as the HR Tech Conference. Mm-hmm. But uh, but there are new things on the horizon. So I'm excited to say that I've been selected as chair of that event, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm already. In addition to planning for this year's HR Tech, I'm I'm uh, I'm planning for that conference. So exciting times! I love that. So I've got to say, one of the mm-hmm. one of my favorite conferences was actually based on um, the idea that you took a problem, and they figured out how to fix it. And so it was around gamification, but still that concept of bring us your real world issues that that you need a solution for, and we'll help you figure out how to solve it. I think it's fantastic. Uh, now, is, will they be connected with tech vendors at that event as well, or is that exclusive to HR Tech? Well, we will have we will have an expo floor, but it's going to be a different format than what you see at HR Tech. Um, it will be more of a. Uh, I'm struggling for the right word. I guess we'll have stands, so to speak. They will all pretty much be the same size, and you'll have the opportunity to have kind of a touch base or a conversation with exhibitors while you're at the event. Uh, but the, the center stage, so to speak, will be those 90-minute master classes and those very intense facilitated workshops. And then, of course, we will also uh, make sure that we have a few customer success stories to highlight. So um, so a different format and, and a rapidly emerging format. I, um, we're still in the early stages of programming, so, uh, so stay tuned. Hmm. I like that. Um, startups. I, 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 I kind of teased it at the beginning of the show, but um, you know, another, another aspect that's been you know, very strong at HR Tech for, for years is um you know the startups um you know giving them a space giving them a venue letting them uh participate having you know the startup competitions and that sort of thing what how have you seen over the years how have you seen that aspect of the show evolve so what a great question because you know, as as kind of an old timer in this category, I can tell you that for many years, nothing changed. We had the HRMS and we had payroll, and then we had the ATS, and we were all so excited that we had applicant tracking <laughs> systems. I can't even begin to tell you how like we thought that was the greatest innovation ever. And now we have the most amazing technologies and solutions and services. And so much of that is coming out of um, the startups. And uh, they are successful, of course, because we have now garnered the attention of the private equity and venture capital communities. So there's a great deal of investment coming into the category. So I would say that the changes that I've observed in this category just in the last five years are mind-blowing. And they will continue to be, uh, you know, on this fast track because – 
we're looking at artificial intelligence. We're looking at robotics. We're looking at so many interesting things in, in touching HR now. So, um, you know, one of the things that the HR Technology Conference has done really well is being responsive to the market conditions. And we have this great pitch fest contest. I don't know if you're mm-hmm. familiar with it, but we get hundreds yep. of applicants. And then we winnow that list down to 30. And we do, um, you know, 10, 10, and 10 presenting, pitching their, pitching their story uh, to expert judges. And then, of course, we have, you know, a grand prize uh, sponsored by the Romstad Innovation Fund. And then we also have a startup pavilion, which is a great place mm-hmm. for organizations that perhaps have never even dipped their toe in the trade show waters before. They can, uh, you know, have a, have a stand, they can have signage, they can do demos. And, and uh, I know the press and the analysts love this portion of the show because they can go over. Yeah. And oftentimes they're talking directly to the CEO of one of the startups who, right. uh, you know, is really early stage. So it's, it's very exciting. How do the buyers react to it? I can I can totally see why analysts and, and technologists really get into it, but how how do practitioners and buyers um, react to the startup stage? Like, do you see a willingness to invest in technology that's unproven by small and mid-sized businesses, um, or maybe they're more prone to invest in it and enterprises a little reticent? Like, what are you seeing coming out of that? So I think um, you've almost answered the question in the question, and that is so much of it is predicated on the culture of the buyer's organization. So some buyers are um, coming from an organization where they get rewarded for a certain degree of risk in their technology and in their innovation. Uh, And then there are other organizations that, you know, want to make sure everyone else has gone before them before they try something. So it it, it very much looks like, um, you know, the early adopters, and then there's there's that more critical mass in the middle, and then there are always the laggards. Uh, and and oftentimes, in this type of environment, if you're a laggard making an investment toward the end of its cycle. Uh, you're putting your company at a distinct disadvantage competitively. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are seeing more of an appetite for for exciting new things. We're also seeing that investments are not necessarily made on an enterprise level anymore. A lot of times they're made on, on a business function or a work group or even a facility level. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'll give you an example. Uh, there's always pain in recruiting salespeople. So you might see that to accelerate the hiring, the onboarding of of sales um, people, there might be more use of artificial intelligence and some of the chatbot technology that's coming out of the the recruiting sector there. So we're not not in a situation that we were in years ago where everything got rolled out across the enterprise. Uh, There's much more variety now in the buying trends. That makes sense. I, I always personally feel like when a company can um, make the investment into a startup technology, assuming that the, the technology is sound, right, and it works, it functions, it does more or less what they market it to do, 
then they're setting themselves up to really have more of a impact in the product roadmap as it moves forward and being able to get um, needs addressed that maybe they wouldn't get addressed as quickly in more established larger um, technologies. Not to say that more established larger technologies would ignore their feedback, but obviously they've got a different kind of roadmap build. So I know that we've had really great experience with it with our clients and when I was in-house, like that was fabulous to be able to do. Um, but at the same time, I know that there's always that fear of, well, what if I invest in this and it doesn't work and my dollars are limited? So mm-hmm. what advice can you offer people coming to either um, HR Tech, just for HR Tech or HR Tech and women in HR Tech? And I've got a question on that I want to be able to, to hit with you before we wrap up to make sure that they're buying something that they can use and, and kind of mitigate that concern of what if I invest my dollars somewhere and I, I don't get what I need out of it? Yeah. So a couple of things. First, I, I encourage um, buyers to look at what problem or problems they are looking to solve. So rather than to fall in love with bright, shiny objects for the sake of, you know, like having the latest thing, um, take a look within your own organization and do uh, a needs assessment and determine what problems you absolutely need to solve and then calibrate it accordingly. So, you know, there's always the problems that, like, you desperately need to solve because they're hurting the business. Those are kind of your A-level problems. And and making a technology investment to fix those makes perfect sense. And then, of course, there's the B level and C level. So you usually can calibrate based on what the, what the problem is, what the pain point is. But I, I always caution HR practitioners, you know, when they're making, uh, suggesting an investment for their company, that's a career development opportunity for them. But it could, in those situations that, aren't positive, uh, be a career limiting situation for them. So not only look at the product, but look at the company as well. And one of the things I often tell people to do is go to like Crunchbase or some of the online databases where you can search startups and see what kind of funding they've got and take a look at the leadership team. You know, make sure that that you're putting your eggs in a basket that's going to be here next year. Uh, You don't want to be the one who goes to the mat uh, to encourage a technology investment and then find out the company is, the company itself is not viable. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent point. And um, I can't believe it, but we are, we are here at, at, at wrap-up time already. So, Jean, why don't you let our listeners know one last time where they can find you online. Uh, we know where we can find you in two weeks, running around uh, the uh, Venetian <laughs> Conference Center. But um, where can they find you online, your, your website, all that kind of stuff? Absolutely. Well, so my website is devonpr.com. So that's D-E-V as in Victor, O-N as in Nancy, P-R, as in publicrelations.com. I'm on Twitter at Jean Achille. And of course, I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram. And you can pretty much find me anywhere, <laughs> given the nature of my business. Uh, you know, we were, we were well connected uh, every time some new channel opened up. And I always look forward to hearing from people. So please reach out and connect if you've got a chance. Fantastic. Well, thank Wonderful. You. Wonderful. Really appreciate yep, you joining you. us today. I'd, 
I'd love to leave the listeners with one last thought around women with HR tech. If, if you had to give one good reason to go, one thing that you think they're going to learn while they're there, what is that? I have to tell you, I have been, you know, our closing keynote for Women in HR Tech Summit are four women from Walmart. And, and if you know anything about Walmart and its recruiting and the volume, the scale at which they have had to architect technology solutions, I'm in awe of these women. <laughs> so I would say, please, at least come to listen to their presentation because they are amazing and they have done amazing work. And, um, boy, I, I just we need everyone clapping at the end of their presentation. So please drop by. So is the I think that's great, and obviously if you're at HR Tech, you should. Um, so is the point of it to just highlight women in tech, or is the point of it to show how technology can help bring about parity for, and, and equality for women in the workplace? I, I just want to make sure that we're all clear yeah. on the purpose of it. Absolutely. It's actually both. Um, but if I were to say, uh, you know, where is it weighed more heavily, it's the latter. It's how to use technology to support your diversity and inclusion programs and what you should be thinking about. And I do want to leave your listeners with one thought. You know, our presenters at Women in HR Tech are not all women. Uh, we have our male colleagues on a number of these panels as well. And, and that's exactly the point of all this, is mm -hmm. nothing operates successfully in a silo. And that includes, right of course, the gender equality topic. Well, I think that's smart. I cannot wait to see what you have put together. And for everyone who's there, Me make too. sure to stop by. Robin, you want to take us out? Yep, that's perfect. And uh, we'll see everybody uh, in a couple of weeks at HR Tech. Thanks, Jean. Bye, Crystal. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye now. Oh.